Welcome to NRL.com's preview of Round 6 in the NRL. You are with NRL.com's Chris Kennedy and Alicia Newton. And joining us this week, special guest, legendary Raiders fullback, premiership winner, and now with SEN, Gary Belcher. Gary, thank you for being here. Hello, Chris and Alicia. Nice to be with you. So we are speaking with you, first of all, about the uh, the Raiders and the Eels games, a game, I should say. Um, I guess just to start off with, both teams uh, amongst that group of, I guess, the, the heavyweight teams, the, the premiership contenders, both coming off a loss last weekend. What are you expecting from, uh, I guess, Canberra, first of all? Oh, I'm expecting them to be probably a bit better than last week, although they, they came up against a red-hot Panthers outfit and... They threw everything into it, but it just lacked a little bit of um, a little bit of finishing power. I, I think sometimes it works for you, and sometimes it doesn't. But I think if you take into account the opposition, the um, that's a bloody good side that Panthers, that's for sure, and they're they're going places. So I think they're they're just about the benchmark of the competition. But having said that, until last week, the Eels were flying high and right up there with them. So um, they're, they're going to have to be on their toes and at their best. They've lost one of their one of their best in chance, uh, Nickel Klukstar. So, um, yeah, a, a tricky game for, for Canberra. I did want to ask you about that, uh, your old number one jersey. Chance has obviously been outstanding um, pretty much since joining the club. Caleb Aikens comes in. We've had a few looks at him as a, a Penrith stand-in fullback over the last couple of years. He's joined Canberra this year. He's gone pretty well in the knock-on effect cup. What are you expecting from him and how much do they lose with Chance out? Uh, can you ask me after the game? <laughs> Hopefully they lose nothing. And uh, oh, he's, he's, he's a talented kid um, from what I've seen, but that's not a hell of a lot. Um, I think all Raiders fans or most Raiders fans are in the same boat. They're sort of going, well, what are we going to get um, from Caleb Aikens? And I, I, I imagine Ricky Stewart would have to have some sort of confidence in the kid to, uh, to be throwing him in there. Um, and I, I would certainly wouldn't suggest he didn't have options because Sebastian Chris has been playing pretty well in the centres and they could have made, you know, shuffled around someone else to the back. So they've decided to go with Caleb being a, a specialist fullback. Um, I, I hope he goes really well. They're big shoes to fill. Um, Chance has been, uh, as, as you said, right from the get-go when he came to the club a couple of years ago, he's been outstanding. So, um, yeah, big shoes to fill. He might be targeted a bit. Um, and, and when players are – he's making his debut for the Raiders, Caleb, of course. Um, and when players are, are, are new to grade or haven't been in for a while, it – quite often that can be a target from the opposition. So I think some of those Mitchell Moses 80 feet, 80 metres in the air bombs might uh, might come yeah. his way. And um, obviously big junior Paula leading the way for the Eels uh, up against his former teammates. I know he's very good friends with Josh Papali'i, both uh, Samoan internationals, both I think they played against each other at Origin, uh, obviously alongside each other when Junior was mm. um, with the Raiders. It's um, two of the better packs running around and probably going to decide a fair bit of the contest. Oh, it always does, doesn't it? It always has a big effect on the game. They, they almost got in the ring, of course, didn't they, with that charity yeah. fight earlier in the year? It was going to be um, Josh and and uh, Junior Paula at one stage. Um, that would have been interesting. Yeah, that look, they're a. Um, I, I like the the the, pan, the sorry the Parramatta pack. Um, I'm just sort of looking through it as we speak, and it's hard to pick holes in it. It's a it's a very mobile pack, but I, I like that extra bit of aggression that they. The Raiders have got that too. Um, but when you got guys like Junior Paulo and um, no Nathan Brown, who bring that. Oh, I don't know. It's not. It's a bit of mongrel that they bring to the side um, when you're in trouble. I, I like that about the Eels pack. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting clash between those two forward packs. I think too, like, um, I guess the both of them coming off a loss as well will, will make a bit of a difference, won't it? Like, they, they obviously yep. don't want to go back to back. And um, but interesting one for the Eels, I think, is Dylan Brown being suspended. Um, what sort of an impact do you think that will sort of play on the on the Eels side there, Belch? Yeah, he's um, that's right. He's not playing, is he? That's good. Good to know. It's kind of evens it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, Will Smith's a real jack in the box, and he's got a lot to offer, and he can be quite dangerous. Um, but Dylan Brown was there for a reason. He's the you know, that combination he's got with Mitch Moses has been going really well. So I'm hoping that um, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, plays into the Raiders' hands. I you know I'm really interested in how the uh, the hookers go, Josh Hodgson, who's mm. been, he's just such a, a, a fine player and one of the best in the comp. But Reed Marnie seems to be, and great to see a young Queensland hooker doing good things. And there's a few of them around, but he's, um, yeah, he's just, uh, well, I won't say grown because he's not going to do much more of that, but he's certainly improved every, um, seemingly every, every season. And he's, yeah, he's looking the goods for power. I guess, Badge, just before we uh, we let you go, now that we've sort of assessed who the, the ins and the outs are and the, the strengths of both teams, where where do you see this one, the, the key battles happening? Where's it going to be won and lost? And who do you see coming away, the, the winners? Oh, gee. It's, look, it's a, it is a really difficult one. Because both, both of them have got those those uh, power running forward packs and the edge back rowers, um, Big Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, who's back from concussion um, this week and of course um, Joe Tuppenay, Elliot Whitehead, uh, Hudson Young who's been really good so they've got those those power running edge back rowers that can really get your side on the front foot but it, it then gets down to the finesse of your your finishes and you know you perhaps your kicking game um, and both sides have got that in spades but but also you know how your your edge wingers and, and your, your centres finish off so um if, if I looked at it on paper and, and thought Sivo and Ferguson uh, have probably got the edge on Simonson and Rappana purely because of Bailey's inexperience, but he's, uh, he's got some good footy in here, young Bailey Simonson. So, I, yeah, I, I find it really difficult. I, mean, I wouldn't with any confidence tip either side, but of course I'm going to go with the green machine because um, that's the side that I, I can't go against. Alicia, how do you see this one panning out? I think I think Caleb Aikens is going to make a bit of an impact. He obviously played um, quite well for the Panthers. We got about eight games in last year for them in, in that successful side. So um, I don't think they're going to lose too much at the back there. Um, I think Parramatta, you know, they're going to be looking at a, at a bit of a bounce back. They were quite poor in that second half against the Tigers, and then I thought it flowed on in that Dragons game. Um, they didn't really sort of find their spark. And with Dylan Brown out now, it makes it a little bit difficult. Um, yeah, I think the Raiders and, and um, Belch sort of mentioned it before, but like Jared Croker missing that that try against Penrith last week in the first half, like that could have really sort of kicked them on in that game and just little key moments in, in the back line that they sort of need to get right. But yeah, I'm tipping the Raiders at home to, to bounce back, um, but not by much at all. This should be a really close one. Yeah, eels don't, <laughs> eels don't travel too well to, to Canberra in the recent past, so I will lean towards the green machine as well, but should be a cracker, a tough one to pick. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for stopping by the NRL.com preview podcast. I know you're busy with uh, shows and guests and interviews uh, coming up, so I uh, much appreciated you are sharing your time with us. Thanks, guys. We'll have to get you on our show. Happy, happy sure. to do so. <laughs>
And it's Mike talking to you. So we will look ahead to the other seven games in round six. Starts off on Thursday night with the Panthers travelling up to Suncorp Stadium to face the battling Broncos, uh, Alicia Brisbane, um, another halves combination. Anthony Milford's been dropped. Tessie New's been dropped as well. Um, Corey Oates gets his first game of the year in the back line. Jordan Rickey goes back to the bench. Tavita Pango Jr. moves out to an edge forward role. Plenty of changes, uh, very little stability, whereas... Uh, Panthers pretty much the opposite. Um, what do you what do you foresee in this one? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting sort of battle. Obviously, last place last year versus uh, versus first, um, essentially in minor premiers in Penrith. Um, look, Penrith haven't travelled away, sort of stayed overnight. I think it's since I had a look around 23, 2019. Like it's over a year since they've actually stayed overnight. And talking to a couple of players this week about it. It is, it is a little bit different. Obviously, they don't wake up in their own beds and they, don't, they can't prepare. It wasn't that fly-in, fly-out scenario. So um, that's something that a lot of these younger guys aren't, have never done before. So it's going to be new for them. Um, Brisbane are just still trying to find their way, aren't they? Like, Kevy's obviously not sold on their combinations um, almost in, in any position. And, um, you know, those two guys you mentioned before, um, Anthony Milford, first time I think he's been dropped in his career. Is that yeah. right, CK, at, at yeah. the Broncos? and. Yeah. Um, and uh, you've got Tessie New as well, which I do fear for that that right edge this week against that formidable Penrith's left edge that, um, you know, the, the bunny sort of went down that channel last week and had some success. And, yeah, you can just see it sort of being one-way traffic if they don't tighten up on that, that right edge defensively for Brisbane. So, um, yeah, on paper, it, it looks very sort of one-sided, but having a chat to Ivan Cleary earlier today, he was a little bit wary about, you know, Obviously, complacency hasn't been an issue for Penrith in the past, but um, it's not a game that they'll want to tie it, you know, down the track because they've got a bit of strike Brisbane that can sort of match it if it came to it that late in the game, but I don't think it will on this occasion. Yeah, I think Brisbane's been able to start the odd game reasonably well. The the Storm game, they started pretty well. The, the Para game obviously won the first half, but their, their second halves last year and so far this year have been shocking. And I think Penrith's a team that really is capable of pulling away from sides once the um, the possession tally starts to, to get a bit lopsided, which is something that Penrith's been much better than any of the other 15 teams in the competition over uh, last year and this year is just dominating uh, possession and, and making that count at the end of game. So I'm um, I'm probably tipping a Penrith by a, a very wide margin in this one. What do you think um, about their you know so-called cockiness, overconfident, all that sort of chat this week? Because I've been a little bit as somebody who's covered them for you know three four years and sort of knows the players directly in in that regard. Um, of I'm a little bit surprised by it, but yeah, what, what do you think? Surprised by the fact they're acting that way or surprised by the response to it? Uh, more just like, you know, are they going too far? I don't think, I don't think they are personally, but no. I mean. I, I don't know if this is a popular opinion. To me, um, what Stephen Crichton did, and he's not the first player to do it, where you grab an opposition player and drag them into the team celebratory huddle. To me, that's one of the funniest things you can do on a football field. And it's funny because it is disrespectful, but not in a, like, there's no no personal attacks, no, you know, it's, you know, in the past we've had, you know, racist insults and talking about people's families or some really blue stuff, just grabbing a bloke and dragging him in the huddle. It would be so irritating for the opposition team that I just, I don't know, Kenny Edwards used to do it all the time for, for Parramatta. There's been a few other guys do it. It's always the, the larrikin types. I can see why it would set off opposition fans, but unless it's your team that it's being done to, I just, I find it very humorous and it's, 
I definitely think it's on the acceptable side of the niggle. There's things that you shouldn't do and that aren't acceptable, and I think that's just play on. Yeah, I think the vibe out at Penrith is like, well, last year we were underdogs and everyone was enjoying that. You know, we were refreshing and guys were coming out and, you know, screaming in the air and now it's suddenly coming across as, you know, overconfident and, and, and arrogance. And um, But, geez, give me give me that sort of style of play over, you know, another team who is just struggling and doesn't look like they want to be there. You know what I mean? So yeah, they just look really confident. Yeah. yeah, enjoying each other's company and, you yeah, know, very high on, you know, just on confidence and, yeah, I think, I think it's fine. Um, Penrith, obviously, for you as well. Yep, Penrith by a fair bit if that ledge, left edge fires up. Friday, 6pm, the Knights up against the Sharks. Probably the hardest game to tip of the round for me. So much going on with both teams. Knights have, um, you know, had a couple of good games and then some shocking games. Um, Titans absolutely tore them apart. They've had a lot of injuries. They've got players back from injury this week. Bradman Best and Kurt Mann come back into the side. But obviously, um, you know, Kalen Ponga came back last week, but Mitch Pierce is out long term. They're up against a team that's been going pretty well, um, all things considered, but has now obviously lost their coach um, who was coaching pretty well as well. Um, it's just a, a lot of disruption on both sides, and I'm, I'm not sure how you, you call this one. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a bit of a bizarre game. I think it's just it has the makings to, you know, throw anything sort of at us. Um, last year was, of course, that that incident where Chad Townsend, you know, shoulder-charged Caelan Ponger out of the, the blue and copped a few weeks. So that was a pretty crazy game up there. Um, yeah, just on the Sharks, I mean, what a week. I don't think anyone could have predicted to happen, you know, this time last week that, that John Morris um, would be would be gone. Um, mm. He obviously, uh, I don't know if he's actually resigned. Is that the sort of word that we're going with after he, he was told that he, he wouldn't stick around? Or Did he jump or know. was he pushed? Yeah, I'm not sure how much of, of each factors into it. But, I mean, the, I guess the point is he's not there. Well, it can't, it can't be good for the players. Like, they no. obviously really all appreciated him and it's going to be interesting to see how how they responded, especially, you know, no way Graham this week, no Josh Dugan, which is yeah. some senior guys. Um, it's going to be a pretty tough ask, I think, to go up there against the Knights who get a few troops back. Um, Bradman Best, I think, is the big in for them. Um, just trying to fix up those edges because they were just manhandled last week. David Fafita, you know, ran it, mm. ran on that um, right edge and um, well, Bradman will be on the left side, but um, hopefully that just sort of tightens it up with Kurt Mann back as well. Um, Braden Musgrove, Cessnock Jr. gets his go. He's actually, he's come through the Knights grades and then he, he went down to Manly, got a bit homesick, come back and he's sort of worked his way through. But he's got a bit of size on, um, on him on the wing there. So um, that's a, I think that's a good sort of move from Adam O'Brien. Um, but yeah, geez, this game could, could go either way. Um, I'm leaning towards the Knights purely because I think home, home game and just all the disruptions around the Sharks might just... Um, get the Knights home in this one. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a bit up in the air. I'm going to tip the Sharks, not with any great confidence. They've just, they seem to be playing tougher than the Knights um, have been recently. The, the Knights, as we touched on, so disappointing um, against the Titans, whereas the Sharks, you know, even though they had that late fade out against the Roosters, they, you know, they were very good for long patches of that game. They completely thrashed the, the Cowboys a week before. And then the Eels game where they ended up, you know, losing by 24, they, they lost four players to injury in the first half and all their middles had to play 80 minutes. And I actually thought their um, defensive resilience was actually really impressive um, in that game. So 
I'll tip the Sharks, but um, yeah, I can see anything happening. Either team could win by 20 plus. I really don't know what's going to happen in this one. Um, second Friday game, though, the Storm and the Roosters, one of the other, probably the, the other real blockbuster of the round, along with the, the Raiders and the Eels. Uh, it's down there in Melbourne, the Storm um, absolutely flying. Um, since that sort of double hiccup against the, the Eels and the Panthers a bit earlier on. Um, what do you make of this one? Game of game of the round easily. Game of possibly, you know, the first half of the year. I mean, these two sides, they've got some great recent history. I think six of their last eight games have been decided by three points or less. Obviously, three golden point games mixed in with that. Like, it's, it's going to be a tight one again, I think. Um, the Storm... Last week against the Bulldogs, I think Craig Bellamy sort of saw a bit through that 50-18 scoreline against um, the Bulldogs. Obviously, attacking-wise, they were on song, but defensively, he wasn't too happy with it. Um, and if we go back to that Parramatta and Penrith clash, it's obviously, you know, top four teams. They're the ones that you want to beat, and Melbourne haven't been able to do that in the last, you know, month. So this is a really big test for them to sort of prove that they can match it, you know, without Cameron Smith against those sort of heavyweight sides. Um so, yeah, and obviously on the flip side with with Sam Walker at the Roosters, you know, they've found a little bit of form with a couple of wins. Um, so they'll go down there with a bit of confidence. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk so far this year about the post-Cam Smith year and the Storm missing his influence in those two losses to the Eels and Panthers. But they got Harry Grant back uh, on the weekend. He came off the bench, played 50-odd minutes, I think it was, and, and looked really good. Um, named to start from the bench again this week, but we would expect another 50-plus minutes from him and just makes a huge difference around that middle of the ruck. I mean, not to discredit the job that Brandon Smith's been doing, but I think he's better as an impact, you know, middle forward ball playing lock type role with with Harry Grant to run things out of dummy half I just think they look a lot more balanced um, and they're going to be a lot better for his return especially him having got the cobwebs out last week um, Roosters I mean so much has been said about Sam Walker already but that um you know that little seven minute masterclass at the end against the Sharks when he's I think he set up two and scored one in the space of about seven minutes to flip the game on its head he's um He's definitely the, the real deal. He's going to have traffic coming his way. The Sharks exploited his lack of size and lack of experience early on last week. And you can absolutely guarantee that the Storm edges are going to do the same thing. But, you know, he was able to bounce back from it last week. And um, I expect more of the same this week. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a super clash. Yeah, I thought um, I didn't catch the, that game completely just because I was at the Melbourne game. But... Um, watching the highlights, a couple of the tries that he sort of let in, he didn't really have much help. You know, I think it might have yeah. been that butcher um, yeah. beside him, um, whereas he, he sort of needs that that coverage. Um, and yeah, this week he'll be what well, he'll be up against Kenny Bromwich or Felice Cafusi will be running mm. at him. So I mean, they're the you know some of the best back mm. rollers in the game. So he's, there's no doubt. He's I'm pretty play. sure, yeah. Yeah. So um, and I said that last week with Cronulla, they're much more experienced. They sort of target him a bit more, which they did. But he credit to him, he sort of bounced back and. And in the end, he, he got the points that, that the Roosters needed in attack, which is all that matters. So, um, yeah, it should be cracker. Yeah, and he's also going to have, I think, Satili Tupanu is back in the starting side. So Crichton and Tupanu on the edges rather than Crichton and Butcher, who's probably more of a middle, even though I know he's played both. So, um, you know, a little bit stronger for the Roosters as well. Um, who are you tipping? Uh, I've leaned towards the Storm, purely home game and... Um, Harry Grant back now, you, you saw a big difference in sort of their attack when he came on. Um, again, no disrespect to Brandon Smith, but they were leading 18-0 and sort of uh, were well in, you know, well in control of that game. So, yeah, leaning towards them. 
yeah, Harry Grant back and the Storm at home. I'm t- tipping this Storm as well. Saturday footy kicks off with the Seagulls hosting the Titans. That's out at uh, Mudgee at Glenmillow Oval, mainly taking their home game out there. Uh, they finally got a win, the Seagulls, last week. A wobbly old Daly Cherry Evans field goal uh, separated a, a 12-all deadlock against the Warriors, who I think were probably pretty disappointing, um, although they were missing a lot of troops. But um, mainly they'll be buoyed by the win. They'll be buoyed by having Tommy Travojevic back at fullback. Um, Titans, though, they were they were super at home last week against the Knights. So um, how do you see this one panning out? Fingers crossed for Turbo. If anything, regardless of the result, let's just getting through that 80 minute day. Like, 100%. Um, yeah. Good to see him back. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much of an impact he sort of makes straight away, whether the whole team lifts on the back of last week's win and then the back of him returning. Um, I guess you can never sort of underestimate um, a player's sort of impact until they get back out there and, and guide the team around the park. And, and even Kieran and Daly in the halves, how do they sort of respond and use Tommy around the middle there? Um, but yeah, I mean, we've seen in the in the past like one little win, one scrappy win could could lead to a bit of a flow and effect. Um, you just sort of hope for, I guess, Manly fans' sake that they that they do back up this performance now and and look a bit smoother when when he returns. But um, yeah, the Titans, I think they're they're starting to live up to a lot of people's expectations, aren't they? Like they had a crushing win against the Knights, and you know, in in the past they probably dropped a few of those games that they're expected to win. Um, whereas this time they just come out and, and sort of put him to the sword. Um, David Fafita, I mean, we sort of, he, he got a bit criticised around whether he's worth that coin, but so far in the opening five weeks of the comp, he, he's definitely proven it, hasn't he? He's just been all over the place. And I think Tyrone Peachy, for me, has been yeah. the, the big change in their attack, just at lock, extra ball player. We've seen it with a lot of teams. Victor Radley's the same at the Roosters. He's really becoming their man, and that's just changed their whole, dynamic and attack I thought. Yeah, glad you said Peachy. He's been um he's been phenomenal for mine. The I think it was the Canberra game he actually had to move to five eighth um when Jamal Fogarty went off with that quad cork and he sort of looked a little bit lost, but when he's just playing as that ball playing lock and just energizing through the middle and just playing off the cuff, um I thought it was actually quite telling uh, against the Knights. Phil Sammy copped that head knock early and had to go off. In years gone by, Tyrone Peachy is the absolute first player who then gets moved out wide, gets moved to centre, whatever it is. But they sort of shifted everyone else out one and, and Tino went to an edge forward role and Peachy stayed in the middle playing that lock role. Um, and I thought that was a really smart decision from Justin Holbrook, who's really hardly put a foot wrong um, in his time there. And um, yeah, Peachy's been super. And Tino himself, he was probably a bit quiet uh, against the Knights struggled to get involved as much as usual on the edge, but he's been fantastic as well this year. So not just David Fafita, who's probably been the best edge forward in the comp so far, but the, the whole pack's working really well together. Yeah, they are. And, and like former Knights forward, Herman SES, he can't even get a run in that, that forward pack at the moment, which, you know, he would walk in the Newcastle's lineup at the moment and, and probably many other NRL lineups. So when he can't get a go, you know that your team's doing pretty well. Um, their bench is obviously working working wonders with Mo Fetawaker at in the yeah. fourteen jersey there. So um yeah, I reckon Titans in this one. Um but only just I think think Manly will sort of show us something different with Tommy back. 
Yeah, I think I am expecting Manly to be better, but I can't tip against the Titans uh, in this one. Uh, the Rabbitohs and the West Tigers, the second Saturday game there at Stadium Australia. Bunnies get Cody Walker back after his one-game suspension. Benji Marshall goes back to the bench. Um, they've looked in phenomenal touch, and Tigers, you know, there's been plenty said already about the way they handled themselves in that Leichhardt game, you know, paying tribute to Tommy Radonikus and just didn't show up at all against a, a Cowboys team that had been very disappointing Previous to that, um, I saw James Tamo put his hand up to come out and sort of take the, um, you know, the tough questions from the media, which is, you know, what a leader like that does. But they're going to need to show a lot more than they showed last week if they want to match up with the Rabbitohs. Yeah, I can't recall a game that's just been sort of so examined and, and so critical of, it, of a team that I guess they were expected to win, but I think it was obviously, you know, the death of Tommy Rodonigas just added so much more emotion and the fact that they lost that game and the nature that they did, you know, conceding tries just in awful fashion, that their second half comeback just didn't even really matter because the damage had already been done. Like I've, I've never sort of felt the aftermath of a game being a neutral sort of watcher of it. Like going there today, it was still pretty somber, the mood. Like, mm. you know, going to listen to Jimmy Tamo speak, like the pain's still there, but there's just... I guess we kind of find a fix, but for West Tigers fans, like I, I just think it's still a long way away. And like, mm. it's almost like they have to accept that first before they can then rebuild. Um, yeah. I mean, this South matchup is, you know, it's, it's again, it's, it's a tough one. Like, and because they were supposed to win last week, technically, you know, if we're talking favorites, um, they couldn't do it. And now they're suddenly in a bit of a hole against South and um, they got their backs against the wall. So they've sort of put themselves in this position. And now it's a case of um, which they've been able to do is play a lot better against the better teams. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how they sort of respond in this one. Cause it was a pretty dark day on Sunday. Um, Jacob Little has been um, dropped for this one. Jake Simpkin promoted to the starting side. Now, Simpkin, I've watched a little bit of him in reserve grade so far this year. He's been very sharp out of dummy half. He's got things just about leading for tries and try assists in the knock-on effect cup um, so far this year. He's certainly got plenty of try assists. Um, is this just a case of, you know, not so much Little dropped for being bad, but a guy just absolutely booting the door down and, with Little sort of not doing enough to hold his spot, Madge has gone for the, the informed guy. Simkin is um, easily the fittest guy at the club. He like he's only a young guy; he's only what nineteen twenty, but um, easily the fittest. Watch the trial game um, in Camden that he it's speed around the ruck. I think Madge is looking for suddenly um, no disrespect to Jacob Little, but the speed you know is a big thing in the game, and I think that's where he sort of identified that they're lacking. Jake Simkin can come on and and sort of. Um, just change, change the momentum, which is what they're after. I'm a little bit surprised that um, Little hasn't sort of remained on the bench. Um, he's obviously yeah. been dropped altogether. And likewise, I've been surprised that Simkin hasn't been in the 14 and sort of been able to come on, um, whereas they've now got Moses Zembai to do that. So, um, yeah, I wish him all, you know, all the very best. It's quite hard to come into a team that's struggling and coming off the result that they are. But if anything, it's sort of he can go out there with no pressure and, um, you know, just try and play his, play his game. The, um, obviously, revenge game for Benji Marshall. I spoke to him um, after the game last week and he didn't want a bar of it. He's like, just another game, mate. <laughs> Nothing, you know, no hard feelings, all the rest of it. I'm with South now. I'm just focused on this, etc. But, um, you know, I also spoke to a couple of his teammates who said, you know, we definitely want to win it for, for Benji. So um, certainly be eyes on him, even though he's back to the bench and might only play 10 minutes. It'll be plenty of Benji Marshall talk in the lead up to this one. 
well, how long is he going to get? That's the question. You know, is he going to, I feel like Wayne's just going to go, go out there, you know, five minutes in and just have a run around. Um, we see it sometimes we coaches put their players on if they play in their old clubs. But, I mean, Benji's done it before, hasn't he, when he was at St. George or Brisbane? Like, yeah. it's not like he has never played against Tigers before, but this is obviously very different. He didn't want to leave Tigers. He wanted to finish there on his terms. And um, I think he's been a little bit salty that he hasn't been able to do that. So, um, yeah, he'll be... He'll be fired up internally to to do something when he gets out there, whenever that is. Uh, who are you tipping in this one and by how much? Yeah, Souths. Um, I think it'll be close. I think the Tigers are going to come out and just sort of put a bit more pride back in that jersey. And um, when I say close, I think, you know, could get away from them late, but I think they'll put in a much better effort. Yeah, I'm uh, expecting a better Tigers, but still a comfortable win to the Rabbitohs. Um, Raiders and Eels, we've talked about Sunday afternoon footy. 2 p.m. game is back. Three cheers for that. Dragons hosting the Warriors down there at Cogra. Dragons, the real surprise packets of the comp so far. We sort of, you know, before the Eels game, we were saying it kind of had some soft opposition. Like they lost to the Sharks you know, even though they had a comeback, they were pretty convincing losers in round one and they've beaten up on um, some of the, the lower end teams. So they came out against Parramatta and their, their forwards were, you know, on fire. They were sort of racing off the, you know, the defensive line and they were smashing the opposition. And, you know, that Zach Lomax, Michaela Rapalawa edge was absolutely shutting down everything that the Eels left side was throwing at them and, and rocking bigger players in defence. And um, I have to say it was a pretty convincing performance from the Dragons. We sort of look back now, don't we? We had Paul Gallen on the podcast a month ago and we are both questioning, you know, some of the team selections, you Kerr know, on Josh Kerr on an edge, Billy yeah. Moreno in the middle. And, and if anything, those guys are the ones that are actually just line speed. I think that's the big difference for them this year. They're just up in your face straight away and um, they look much fitter. It's, it's like everyone but, you know, every, everyone but everyone internally is were the ones that thought, oh, we can still do something in this competition. And, um, they're just doing the simple things right. And Corey Norman's sort of not overplaying his hand too much that we might have seen in the past, especially like you got to remember Ben Hunt's been out for a couple of weeks. Like they're doing this um, when a lot of other teams struggle without their playmaker. So, um, yeah, definitely been the surprise packets. My big question is obviously how long can they keep this up for? We've seen Dragons teams in the past sort of start really well and then just sort of fall apart. Um, you wouldn't think rep period they'd be too – um, affected, but again, um, yeah, I suppose it's how long that can they keep keep it up. Yeah, a lot of players in that squad that have played Origin, I mean, even with Tyson Brazil leaving, there's still plenty left, but how many are going to get picked this year? Um, I'm not too sure, so hopefully they, you know, well, not hopefully, but they, they should probably cruise through without too many um, getting picked. But what about the Warriors? Obviously losing out of Fenua Blake, um, you know, potentially for most of the season, it sounds like a pretty complex knee injury that he's picked up. It's a, a massive blow for them. Still without Chanel Harris-Tavita, they get Bunty R4 back this week. But, um, yeah, they certainly be disappointed with how they went last week. Yeah, 100%. You don't want to be losing those games that, you know, put, put, frankly, it was a bit of a bludger, wasn't it? Like, you just don't want to be on the end of that one. Um, whereas they just look gassed towards the end of it. Um, you sort of wonder where their minds are at now that they've been told they might be able to go home in June as well. Like a sort of question, are they thinking that? Like, let's get home to, to Mount Smart when they've still got a couple of months um, where they'll be in, in Australia and on the Central Coast. Um, I think it was always going to take time with them, but now that we've, we're seeing a couple of injuries come in and obviously Noah Blake is a massive loss, you know, it's, it's uh, you, can, you can't under, underestimate when the big forward is suddenly, you know, you, your number one forward is suddenly um, not going to be there with the go forward. So 
Um, yeah, I think I think they're struggling a little bit, like more than what they sort of let on um, in terms of their injuries. And you just you need a couple of those guys in that team to lift and to just sort of get them out of this current predicament that they're in because they've lost a couple of tight ones and you just you hope that they want to like sort of fix that up in the next few weeks. Yeah, um, I guess it comes down to the tips. You, you're going with the Dragons? Yep, Dragons uh, by a bit. I think they could be a bit of a big one in this one. Yeah, Dragons uh, at home and in form. Warriors um, just looking a little bit brutal at the moment. I'll take the Dragons as well. Final game of the round on Sunday afternoon up there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. The Cowboys host the Bulldogs. Um, not going to pretend this is match of the round on paper, but these um, these clashes are always filled with plenty of desperation. Um, both two of the bottom ranked teams eyeing off a um, you know one of their their chances to to chalk up a win. The, the Cowboys you know pretty impressive in the first half against the Tigers and did enough to hang on for the win. Whereas um, Bulldogs, you know. I, Prepared to say they improved um, in that game against the Storm, but still on the end of a, a pretty big scoreline against them. I was at that Bulldogs game, and if you take away that first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes where Melbourne scored, I think, six tries combined, like, suddenly it's a – I'm not saying they would have won, but it's it's just a much tighter contest because in that middle period, they were sort of back and forth. Melbourne were coming up with a few mistakes that the Bulldogs were putting a bit of pressure on. So, um, you know, Trent Barrett – We'll take plenty of positives out of that in, in their attack. I thought Luke Thompson coming on the field, just massive difference in terms of um, he obviously scored their first try. The second try come off his quick play the ball that, that got Jacob Rillo over the line, essentially, the next play. So it's just having little guys like that like come back and, and make a big difference to their, to their side. Um, and I think they'll go up to North Queensland, which with a lot of confidence despite, you know, the scoreboard, not telling the sort of full story last week. Um, yeah. Whereas the Cowboys, great first half, a couple of lucky bounces off kicks, etc. How much can they sort of keep that up and take that into that into this game? Because I think the Bulldogs won't give them as much um, in in defence early. Although in saying that, they were quite loose around the ruck um, to start against Melbourne, but that's something that they'll be looking to fix up this week. Yeah, interesting one. Um, Hamaso Tabuai Fido, I think, is probably a pretty big loss for the Cowboys. He produced that absolutely magical individual effort um, to get them off and running against the Tigers, and it's not the first time this year that he's done something like that. Um, so he's probably going to be a bit of a loss for them in the back line. Jason Tamalolo actually is back this week. He was named to come back last week, but um, didn't quite pull up, but um, he should be back in the forward pack. I thought um, the halves combination, Scott Drinkwater and Ben Hampton, are actually pretty good. Um, you know, it's not one of the elite halves pairings in the competition at this stage, but I thought they both did some pretty good things. And, and Val Holmes is, um, you know, making a pretty good fist of the, the fullback role at the moment. So, you know, that second half fade out, certainly a, a problem for them, but, um, you know, some good signs for them as well. Yeah, I thought they they played, as I said, you can only play what's in front of you too. And that first, the first half, they obviously were just on a roll. Second half, they sort of, how would you sort of describe it? They they just fell apart in, in some sort of edge moments. And obviously the Tigers was just coming home on the back of that big crowd. And, and when they finally decided to, to get themselves into gear, um, it's hard one with the Cowboys. I just, I just don't know how to sort of read them at the moment. They're, they're just a bit all over the place, regardless of, of that win on the weekend. Like I think up at home as well, they're desperate for a win. They just haven't played very well at, mm. at the state, at the new venue. Um, they haven't really put any teams away and, um, I think this week is, is the best chance to do that against this Bulldog side, especially what 4 p.m. kickoff up in Townsville would be a bit warm. So yeah, um, we're used to that those sort of temperatures. So 
yeah, I'm leaning towards the Cowboys in this one, but I think I'm expecting the Bulldogs to sort of just put up a bit more fight and, and if anything, show a bit of a bit more attack than what we saw last week. They might score a few more points. Yeah, I thought I agree with you. I think uh, Luke Thompson was a huge in for them um, last week. He he walked off sort of clutching a hammy, but apparently is not a he hasn't torn it or anything. It was just a bit of a, a cramp. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's all right. He actually moves into the lock role because. Um, Speaking of torn muscles, Josh Jackson did his calf at training and he is set to miss four to six weeks. That's a huge loss, the, the inspirational skipper. He's, um, you know, he's really sort of one of those guys that, that puts in every week, no matter what, um, you know, making mountains of tackles and, and doing his his best for his side. So that's, um, you know, it's good to have Thompson back, but but Jackson out to blow. I do want to give a, a wrap to another Jackson, young Jackson Torpenny on the bench who's pretty much playing as a, um, a backup hooker at the moment with Jeremy Marshall King out, even though he's probably traditionally more of a, an edge forward, but he's been really good, like really tight defensively through the middle and he's, he's passing from dummy half seems pretty good. He, he's still very young, but I think he's a, a wonderful prospect for the, the Canterbury side. I think that's their big sort of target area, isn't it? Around hooker, they need just a bit more in attack. Um, uh, Sione Katoa has obviously done a job for Penrith before, but um, I think he's just sort of misses the mark when it comes to, um, his service out of dummy off, we see a lot of forward passes. And um, I think Trent Barrett was a little bit annoyed at the, the goal line defence, especially early on, on the weekend. And he had a little bit to do with that as well. So, um, yeah, the, the dummy half role, and, and I'm sure the Bulldogs will, will have a look on the market for one, but uh, I'm expecting that to sort of change over the next year or two in terms of who plays there. And, and um, as you mentioned, Jackson Topany might be the, the guy that, that comes in and ends up playing hooker yeah potentially i mean he's still on a development deal at the moment so he needs an exemption week to week to play but um you know whether he's probably going to keep getting that while marshall king's out and then from round 11 he can play regardless of um if he's in the top 30 or not or they could even just put him in the top 30 but um yeah certainly uh a promising sign for the the dogs there tip time who you got i've gone the cowboys um with no confidence Plus one for me, Cowboys, but um, nothing would surprise me in this game. Uh, that is all eight games from round six previewed. Our thanks again to Gary Belcher for joining us on the preview podcast. Alicia, Alicia thank you for your time and thanks everyone for listening. <laughs>